So it's brilliant to be with you this morning. Um, I don't know quite what it's going to be like to be watching live this when it's out, but um, just want to say hello to everybody in the room, everybody at home, and uh, it's a privilege just to share a message which is on my heart at the moment. Last week, in fact, uh, the message for me personally was uh, the word, one word, seller, or sailor, as the guy uh, said. Seller is the... Um, Stop, uh, reflect, take note, perhaps of the past of your life, and then give thanks to God. So over this last week, I've been focusing on that word, seller, and uh, I've been taken back to times in my past where God has transformed me with maybe just a single word. Back in uh, 1994... I belonged to, to a group called Stage Fright, which was a drama team that was part of Moreland's College, where I was studying. And uh, one of our favourite little sketches that we used to use, sometimes in a service, sometimes even in a youth club, was very, very simple. And it would be uh, uh, Helen, uh, one of the ladies in the team, would start out maybe down the other end of the church or the aisle. She would be carrying like a giant daisy. And as she walked slowly down through the crowd of people towards the, the front of the church or the stage, she would be shouting out, He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. And she would gather the crowd's attention until she got to the front. And then, usually with the very last petal, she would pull it off and she would declare, He loves me! At which point, I would usually walk on from stage, stage right and I would go, oh, Helen, uh, who loves you? And then she would say, Jesus, Jesus loves me. And I would go in a very dismissive voice, well, I could have told you that. And then she would turn to me and go, well, why didn't you then? And the sketch, obviously, is an evangelical message saying that Jesus Christ does love people but why don't you tell people about that love? Why would you keep it to yourself? Is it selfishness? Is it uh, just uh, uh, neglect or fear? If you know a wonderful truth like the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, loves you and gave his life for you, why wouldn't you want to tell other people? Well, my message today is, he loves me, he loves me not. But it's not about Jesus Christ, and I want to explain why. You know, I have had, uh, before that, experiences and uh, an understanding of the love of Jesus. In fact, I had to yield my life to him when I was 20 years of age um, because I recognized what he had done for me and I knew that he could make a better job of my life than I'd made up until that point. I gave my life over to him and he entered into my life and my life since that point was of service to him. Shortly thereafter... I had an experience of the Holy Spirit, where I felt like I was uh, a hollowed-out well, uh, an empty well, which on, in one glorious hour, the Holy Spirit poured himself like liquid gold into my life, filling me up and changing forever my understanding and my experience of the concept of love, which up until that point I'd been very cynical about. So love of Jesus and love of the Holy Spirit, I was semi-familiar with. 
And really it was because of that love and because of what they'd done for me that I ended up at Bible college some years later. It led me to go on to the mission field, into Africa, and later even uh, to uh, become a Baptist minister. I don't know quite how or why those things occurred, but I can tell you what I felt at times. Honestly, I felt, well, if you'd asked me, I would have said, um, I'm saved by grace and that's all I need and I need the grace of God every day. But the reality is that deep down I felt I needed more. I needed to do more. I needed to be more. I needed to experience more. There was always something more that would somehow validate me. Now that's a serious word. God as Father seemed distant. I don't think I understood what love of being a father meant. I had had clues. Strangely, in that same year, 1994, I held for the first time my first son. And I held him, and as he wriggled in my arms, helpless, a bundle, someone I had never met before, and yet I so fiercely loved, I began to understand the nature of what a father might feel. You see, it wasn't what he would do, it wasn't what he would become, whether he would have a beard and tattoos and be a worship leader. It was none of that. At that moment, I loved him because he was mine. And yet it took another 20 years of muddling along, doing ministry here, there, wherever, before I finally sorted out the question of my life. He loves me. He loves me not. My father God ambushed me. He took me on a road trip to a foreign land. And sitting at the side of a beautiful lake in the mountains, I began to read a book which I'd only bought the day before because a few words on the back cover caught my attention. It was a Selah moment where I saw the words liquid gold. And I was taken back to my experience of the Holy Spirit. So I sat there and as I read the first chapter, there was a challenge and it was this. Can you say with conviction out loud, my father loves me? And suddenly he came in like a flood. Scott, I love you. I've always loved you. I even like you. Everything about you I have designed that pleases me. And when I see you, Scott, I cannot help but smile. You make me laugh, you do. On your good days and in your bad days and the days you think you're doing really great and you do a sermon well or whatever. On your bad days when you, when you mess up, when you make the same mistakes again and again, I love you. It's not your rugged good looks, Scott, that make you beautiful. Nor is it your abilities or talents or, or any of that. It is simply, Scott, that you are mine. 
I love you with an everlasting love. I love you because I cannot do or be anything other than love. You've preached on it, Scott. You've read read it again and again. It's five times in the scriptures. I am love. God is love. Will you stop doubting my love, Scott? Will you not move from this lake until you finally believe that I love you and I am pleased with you? Yes, I am thrilled, Scott, when you voluntarily declare your love for me. When you sing, when you do a little jig when no one's looking, when you're so tired at the end of the day and yet still think of me before you sleep. Yeah, I love that. But what truly delights me is when you allow me to reveal my love for you. For when you start to believe, I am fully and totally for you. I will not stop loving you or delighting in you because now and forever you are mine. Selah. He opened the scriptures to me in the following months. One particular scripture came back to me again and again and again. If I ever needed reminding, I would look at my watch. I would check uh, a date or I'd check in. I'd be in a room somewhere and I'd see the number of the room. The number one, one, one. And I've said this before because it is an important verse of my life. This was the moment that formed it. It's from Mark chapter 1 and verse 11. Listen to it. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Yes, it was Jesus he was talking to. Yes, it was the voice of the Father speaking over his beloved son, Jesus, as he came out of baptism. But what God was showing me is that what is true of Jesus, in this case, is true of me. I wonder, as a father, do I still love my bearded, tattooed, worship-wandering, IT-loving son as much as I did in the hospital room. Do you think that God as father is a little better or a bit kinder than the kindest person you know? The best father, do you think he's better, just a little bit better than the best father you've ever seen? If you grew up with an incredible father who gave you your identity, who who showed you that you were loved, who gave you no sense of uncertainty about your place in this world, Do you think that maybe God is maybe a bit better than that? Well, you're a billion times wrong. Because God is far more and beyond anything we can ask or imagine. He is perfect as a father. He is perfect in love. And he is perfect in kindness. He has infinite power and determination to love us the way we are designed and need to be loved. He will let nothing or no one and no power can come between him and his desire to love you, to love me. If you need more scriptures, um, try reading the whole of 1 John. A letter about love and the character of love that is God. Um, Here's a few 
1 John 4, verses 15 to 17. This is from the Amplified Version. Whoever confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep and consistent faith the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in continually in him in this union and fellowship with him love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment with assuredness and boldness uh, to face him because he is so we are in this world or 1 John 3 verse 1 see what an incredible quality of love that the Father has shown to us that we would be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. There are many other scriptures about the love of God because I believe that the testament, both old and new, is a story of love. It is a story of a father that wants his family back. And he illustrates it in many, many different ways in choosing a man, in choosing a nation, and through his son, choosing redemption for the world that would receive him. Have you ever thought what your view of God as love to you is. Are you prepared to settle right now that question? He loves you. He loves you not. And let's leave behind the misunderstandings of love that would see God as being a demanding father that waits for us to fail who wants to punish us or that wants to trick us in some sort of way, to leave us hanging like a, a current political situation where we don't know what's going to happen next. He wants us to be assured of his love. He wants us to know with the intimacy that he would long to pour into our lives. I think it's the question that I have and that probably you have and that every human being has. Am I loved? Am I lovable? Do I have significance because someone would offer me that intimacy and life? I want to, to finish just reading from that book I mentioned. It's still available. Uh, the book is called Now um, Always, uh, Always Loved. You are God's treasure, not his project, which I think is a good title for it. Uh, Brent Locker. And this is his, part of his experience. Having been a minister for so many years of even quite a large congregation, he, was, he failed 
and came to a very broken place. And it was during that time that God brought this message, which now he has shared to me through his book, and I am sharing with you this morning. He said this, I felt like a shell of a person, and I was fairly certain I was a big disappointment to God. I was heartbroken. For months, I would uh, found myself wandering around in a spiritual daze, asking God the most basic questions. You still love me, right? I'm still your son, even though I've messed up everything. You're not going to give up on me, right? In this extremely broken place, my father began to show me the full extent of his unbroken promise to love me just the way I was. On one particular memorable trip I took to Canada, God met me while I was taking in the awesome wonder of Niagara Falls. It was a breathtaking sight to behold, colossal volumes of water sweeping past me every second, forcefully plummeting to the rocks below. My father began to speak tenderly to my heart. Son, my love for you is more massive, more expansive and more impressive than what you are now looking at. Tears welled up within my eyes and he continued wooing me. I have swept you into the current of my strong love and nothing will take you away from me. I will love you the way you deserve to be loved. I will love you and show you my affections in the way that's tangible and undeniable. I love you, my son. But father, I protested. I made a mess of things. His love was unrelenting. Son, I love you when you are feeling like a success. I love you when you feel like a failure. I love you when you think you're being productive. And I love you when you think life is passing you by. I love you just as much as what you perceive to be a bad day as what you perceive to be a good day. I can't love you any more than I already do. And I refuse to love you any less. I love you because I love you. I love you because you are mine. I love you. And that's just the way it is and the way it's always going to be. I love you, son. Some of the scriptures that God personalized for him. Brent, I have loved you with an everlasting love and, I, and so I am maintaining my faithful love for you. That's in Jeremiah. Or in Isaiah 54. Though the mountains be shaken, the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you, Brent, will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. And in Ephesians. But God, rich in faithful love, through the great love which, which he loved us, even though we were dead in our sins, brought us life with Christ. It is through grace that you have been saved, Brent. And this last scripture from the message in Ephesians 3. Overwhelmed by the grace, sorry, overwhelmed by what grace communicates, I bow my knees in awe before the Father. Every family in heaven and on earth originate in him. He remains the authentic and original identity of every nation. I desire for you to receive what the Father has given you from his own limitless resources so that you may be dynamically reinforced in your inner being by the Spirit of God. This will impact your faith with capacity to fully grasp the reality of the indwelling Christ. You are rooted and founded in love. Love is your invisible inner source, just like the root system of a tree and the foundation of a building. The dimensions of your inner person, Scott, exceeds any other measure that could possibly define you. 
This is your reservoir of superhuman strength, which causes you as saints to collectively grasp, come to terms with, make one's own, the limitless extent of his love in breadth, in length, in height, and the extremities of its depths. I desire for you to become intimately acquainted with the love of Christ on the deepest possible level, far beyond the reach of mere academic or intellectual grasp, Within the scope of this equation, God finds the ultimate expression of himself in you so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is the truth. He loves you. He loves you. The Father loves you and longs for you to respond and to know that love in the fullest measure, Selah.